Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got sportly commentary to what a few commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, hits and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hockey and nonsense. I'm Greg Wyshynski of ESPN. I'm Ryan Lambert from Yahoo. Hey, it's Sean McAndrew from The Athletic. And you're in Puck Soup. Now, listen, some very big news this week. Very upsetting news for guys like Ken Campbell. Alex Ovechkin will not be participating in the All-Star game because he is tired of participating in the All-Star game, but also tired of how much hockey he's played in the last year. Um, to which Ken Campbell said, hey, quick fucking question. How can fucking hockey fans be fucking expected to fucking take the NHL's fucking All-Star game seriously if they can't when its own marquee fucking players like Alex Ovechkin treated as a fucking minor fucking a nuisance? Did I just invented a word. A new, I said I said a nuisance, but he said annoyance. But I like the word a nuisance. I'm going to pretend Ken went with a nuisance. Did he say that shit when Sidney Crosby? skipped all those all-star games or no oh let's not let's pause on that for a second because the dan kangerski of the pittsburgh whatever subscription site uh uh playing the crosby card when ovechkin announced this was incredible did you see that over the weekend yeah last week ass. he yeah, yeah. He, he he immediately went to the well. Crosby wouldn't blah blah blah, and, Arab, and literally all of humanity said Crosby is notorious <laughs> for doing this, and not even if after years in which he's won the cup. Yeah, but re- refresh my memory though. Has Crosby ever done it like this way, where he just says, "I just don't want to go"? Like I know there was the year that he was mad with the with the concussion stuff, and there were years where he skipped out and said he was hurt, even though it was questionable whether he was it, has he ever just been like i just don't want to go i'm not going which is pretty much the way ovechkin did it i don't no. think so I, think, I don't think so either i think he's he, not that it matters you know but it's 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 just uh, you know a part of me wonders like are, are people mad at ovechkin for just being more honest about it because he didn't even you know he's he's not even really pretending uh, that this is anything other than he's just banged up and he doesn't feel like it it'd be amazing if sid actually did that though oh you know i uh decided i'm just gonna you know fuck off in ibiza for a week you know uh just decided uh, all-star game's a bit of a hassle this year so uh me and me and some of the boys back from cole harbor are gonna go out there and we're gonna really you know tear some shit up for about nine days <laughs> i would i would respect that yeah, more. Be tight. i i gotta be honest with you like i i, I gotta i gotta be honest i kind of see where the Ken Campbells of the world are coming from on this one. Not that, I, I mean, very obviously, two things. Number one, the All-Star game sucks. And number two, if anyone has earned the right not to go, it would be a guy like Alexander Ovechkin, who has been a whole bunch of times and doesn't, you know, hasn't, hasn't had much time off. So I don't mind that he's not going necessarily. But at a certain point, like, if you're going to have an all-star game, you kind of want the all-stars to be there. And if one of them just goes, I don't feel like it, that seems to me like the sort of thing the league might want to 
be a little bit concerned about because it, you know, at some point, where does what happens next year when it's three guys and then it's five after that and 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 whatever. Point of yeah. clarification. Hold on. Point of clarification. The, does the All Star Game suck or does the All Star Weekend suck? Because I do think that there are different like tribes here. There's <clears throat> fuck the whole All Star thing. There's fuck the All Star Game, but the skills competition is great. And then there are people like me that's just like, wee, all-star, whoopee, balloons. Yeah, so, so what is I, it for you? I've really come around on it where, like, I used to be like, oh, it's stupid or whatever, but I get it. You, like, I, I guess that's the point. And I, I guess I see it as for what it is, which is a reason for hockey people, capital H, capital P, hockey people, to get mad about various things. Uh, they don't hit enough. They don't do this. They don't do that. Um... And this guy got snubbed, and this guy doesn't want to go. Like, who gives a shit? Like, it's not for you. It's for casuals, and it's for sponsors, and that's it. Right. I mean, I think it's still one of those things, and we'll probably talk about this when the Winter Classic comes up later, that when you're on site for it, it feels much different than when you're watching it on television. Like, it really does feel like a celebration of hockey and these guys are usually into it and stuff but sean where where are you on it though like do you do you hate all of the all-star things or just the game itself does the all-star game suck or does the weekend suck the problem is the game sucks so much that it prevents the weekend from compensating for it like i like the skills competition i still think that's fun uh, I love the draft night that they used to do on Fridays. I understand that this is something that is a lot of fun for kids. I understand it's important for corporate partners. Uh, you know, it, it's it's not without some value. It's just that the game, mm. hockey is the one sport where you just cannot have a game where the intensity level is is zero. Like it, no, no professional right. athlete cares about an all-star game. Uh, you know, baseball, baseball, they don't care, but baseball as a sport still works. Basketball, they don't care. It kind of works, at least on the offensive <clears> side. Uh, the Pro Bowl is, is also pretty terrible, but, but nobody cares because it's, it's at the end of the season. The problem with the All-Star game is just it, like the effort level from the players is so minimal that it's, it's almost unwatchable. In fact, it was unwatchable when it was five on five. The, the going to three on three was, was a great a great move because they kind of steered into the problem mm. they knew that they had. And, and when I talk about like intensity, I'm not saying I'm not expecting hits and fights and, you know, block shots, but just, you know, try maybe a slap shot every now and then, you know, maybe try to get it. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe if, if, if you got a two on one, if you, you know, insist on passing it back and forth six times, cause nobody wants to even be the one to score the goal, you know, at least have the defenseman try to, put his stick in the way or something you know you got to make some play I've, I've made the point before one of my favorite plays in all-star history is uh when the game was in pittsburgh and Merrill lemieux had like the four goal four goal game and one of the 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 goals he scores is he comes in and he he does a toe drag and he pulls the puck back and you see ally afraid he just kind of slide by and it just looks foolish and then lemieux roofs it and it's it's a brilliant goal and the crowd goes crazy and it's a you know it's that was 25 years ago i still remember that goal but you'd never see that goal today because a defenseman would never go sliding by because a defenseman would never think to make even that minimal effort to try to stop someone. And that's what makes it to me. That's, you know, I, I just, I sit down to watch the game and I'm just like, guys, just you know, somebody shoot. It's, it's okay to shoot. You know, it's, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to try to stop somebody. It's, it's, and it, it just doesn't work 
as hockey. And so as much fun as Saturday night is and as much fun as some of the rest of the stuff is, the games are just so awful. Like I say, three on three, it's better. Uh, but I, I fully understand why a player wouldn't want any part of that. I just don't see how we keep having this weekend if if all the players start to figure out that they can just do what Ovechkin does and not show up. No, but I think I think your points I agree with your point, but I think that going to three on three fixes two problems. One, it makes it not hockey. It makes it this sort of hybrid video yeah. game bullshit yeah, version it's an of hockey, which of the means skills that, competition. Yeah. So it it, it it no longer looks like what the All Star game used to look like, or let's be honest, what the World Cup looked like, which was this sort of passionless going through the motions type of hockey. Um, where nobody even wants to be there. Um, But I think the three-on-three remedies that because, A, there has to be effort because otherwise you're completely exposed. And I also think that in the case of Ovechkin, like, people were like, oh, my God, you know, uh, pity the poor theoretical child that's going to the All-Star game in San Jose and now doesn't get to see Ovechkin play. But I'm like, but hold up a second. We just got done talking about how there's so many young stars in this league and so much talent in this league. And whoever they put in for Ovechkin, be it Kuznetsov or Backstrom or whoever, is going to be a, an elite skilled player. It should be Tom Wilson, so by the, the way. Three, I completely <laughs> agree. We can get that in a second. What I'm saying is that like in the three-on-three, you're going to be able to see skill and, and, and you know fantastic highlight real-level plays no matter who you plug in. And, and in this era in 2019 in the NHL – you have more people to plug in than you've ever had in the last 30 years yes. in this league. So I, I think losing, like if the Ovechkins of the world want to take a year off and, and again, we're burying the lead here guys been in fucking seven all-star games or some, some such, including the last two, including wearing the goofy hat and the sunglasses, including being the most entertaining guy at the fantasy draft, including taking part in the hardest shot competition last year, even though he doesn't have it, you know, and on and on and on. Like he's given all he can to this gimmick. The idea that he takes off a year after minting money for the NHL through four rounds of the playoffs last season uh, is absurd, but if you don't have Ovechkin or if you don't have Crosby or if you don't have players 32 and over, you have an absolute galaxy of young stars from which to choose to replace them. Yeah, and, and the other thing I think is that's important to keep in mind here is that now that the guys all split a million dollars or whatever it is for winning, like Ovechkin doesn't need an extra hundred grand, but like a guy on a rookie deal? Ooh, that's nice. That's a that's a nice bonus. So like if you like Christ, if you want to make it just like, you know, nobody over 30 goes to the All-Star game anymore, I think that's fine. Yeah, I I I made a suggestion in my piece that's going to run on on Friday that was kind of similar to that and and it was I, I saw an idea was tweeted out by uh Ian Mendez of TSN where he said like Let's let's make it where every fifth All Star game you go, you get like one pass on a future one, or you know, or maybe it's every <laughs> yes, yeah, you know, or every three, three. You three, and you get one off. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't have an issue with right. that because they give because you, then that gets, they give you a little a little bit. They give you a little business card when you walk in, and then yeah. they they, yeah, they use like the whole puncher to punch out one of the stars. <laughs> <laughs> you punch it, you get three stickers, and and you don't have to go to one. And that would, you know, that would result in a lot of the, you know, the Crosbys and Ovechkins not going as often, whereas the young guys 
uh, would would still go. And I feel like I actually like that idea because it would kind of shift the conversation instead of being, why do you even want to go to this thing? It would be, you it, you know, some guys have earned the rest. And hockey players like that word. They like the word earn, you know? Like if, if you're mm-hmm. Alexander Ovechkin <clears throat> or Sidney Crosby, you've earned the right to occasionally say, I don't want to go. If you're Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid, you haven't maybe earned that yet. And, and, you know, I don't know what the right number is or if, you know, if it's based on age or, you know, or whatever it is. Uh, but, I, you know, I could see something like that working. I, I know the league probably would feel like, you know, that, then you're turning it into an annual show of how many players don't want to go to this thing. But it, I feel like there's a way to spin it where it's not they don't want to go because the All-Star game sucks. It's this is, is such a grueling sport that the veterans have earned the right to some extra, you know, rest and, and you know, whatever it is. Because you're right, there are enough young guys. I mean, we, we hear so much complaining about snubs every year that apparently there's 80 guys in this league who deserve to be an all-star every single year. Uh, <laughs> right. So I would agree that, I, I would agree that, you know, if Ovechkin doesn't go, it's not the end of the world. But I would also, you know, if, if we're not worried about Ovechkin or we're not worried about Crosby or any particular player... Could we could we also use this as an opportunity to get rid of the stupid one player from every team thing and just pick the guys who actually want to go oh, and deserve to go? I don't know how I feel about that because listen, uh, when I was younger, uh, the Devils. Well, shit, they suck now. Okay, the Devils sucking has bookended my hockey fandom. Yep. <laughs> so when I was a kid. It was a thrill to see Kirk Muller or, you know, John McClain or whoever get on the all-star team because honestly, they didn't belong there. There were so many amazing players from around the league and even within their own division that they didn't deserve to be in the all-star game probably. But, but, you know, I got to have my guy there and kind of cheer for my guy. So I, you know, if you're a Florida Panthers fan, you know, there's incentive to watch because one of your guys is going to be there, albeit that it's Keith Yandel. Um, so, like, you know, I, I kind of like that rule. Where do you, where do you stand on that rule, Lambert? Uh, no, I, I think that Keller? you should just bring the, whatever, 40 best players in the league. Because, um, like, that's exactly what I was going to say. Right, like... I don't think most hardcore hockey fans could pick Clayton Keller out of a fucking lineup, and that's, like... <laughs> in part because he's on a rotten team, and in part because he's, what, 21, 22? And, like, so that's all definitely a consideration there. And I think there is a good argument to be made that, you know, if you want to combine that with the every guy gets the fourth year off or whatever, that's how you get Clayton Keller into the game where he otherwise might not have been. But, like, I was talking to a guy who's a who's a radio guy in Calgary, um, where he was like outraged and he said he wasn't outraged, but the classic sign that you're outraged is saying you're not outraged. <laughs> um, and he goes, he was like, Oh, well, you know, uh, how are you going to leave off Mark Giordano? He's, you know, in the, in the Norris conversation, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, well, the other three defensemen from that division are Burns, Carlson and Doughty. So who are you going to leave home? And, if you want to leave home Drew Doughty this year, fucking go ahead. Nobody cares about the Kings, right? So, I don't know. Th- that's kind of my thing with it is, like, I just want to see the best quality hockey that you could reasonably get with these guys half-assing it. Yeah, and, and here's, All right, listen, Greg, Greg, let me just throw this out, because I'm, 
you know, sure. I grew up as a Leafs fan and they were crappy for most of the same period that the, that the Devils were crappy. So I have very, I'm kind of like you. I, I remember Vincent Danfus getting to go to the All-Star game and, and light it up and being like, oh, that's, that's the one Leaf this year. But there were 21 teams back then and there were <clears throat> 40 or 42 roster spots in the All-Star game. And now we've got 31, soon to be 32 teams. Like there's too many teams to be spreading it out one at a time you know back then everybody could get one you still had 20 plus spots to hand out to the the more deserving so if you needed five oilers or five penguins you could do it whereas now i mean by the time we're done giving the host team for all-stars whether they deserve it or not there's there's nothing left like it 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 just gets silly and and you know like i say like who's really tuning in to see keith yandel or clayton keller or whoever else i don't think that's bumping the ratings as much as maybe actually having at least as close as you can come to the most deserving players. And if it's a, like, if it's close, then yeah, by all means go, go with trying to represent as many teams as you can. But some years you just, you just don't have an all-star man. I, I, I'm sorry. Maybe better luck next year. Maybe next year it'll be, it'll feel like a bigger deal when it happens. Cause we didn't force it this time. So part of the NHL all-star experience this year is a new thing uh, where they're trying to rectify the fact that the fans don't actually vote for any all-stars anymore. It's called the last man in ballot. So instead of voting in four people, now the fans vote in eight people, except the other four people are from a carefully curated list of 31 that the NHL released this week. Uh, Thoughts on the last man in ballot, boys? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's dumb, right? Like, I think the, the fact that they, like, why even have the pretense of involving the fans in in the, like they're not going to, the league to its credit, isn't going to pick like a bunch of schlubs to be on the all-star team They're And they don't trust the fans to not be assholes about it. Um, so like I, whatever, who cares? I just get 40 guys who are good at hockey to show up and I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah. Like this is, idea is being borrowed from baseball and i would assume oh yeah yeah like this is this is i think baseball has been doing this for a few years and i would assume i i guess it's successful it's it's you know and they turn they do little social media campaigns and that sort of thing and i don't know if we'll see that this year i don't mind them trying it it does add to the the whole problem with you know where you have to get a player in and now you're getting one player in in 10 spots rather than 11 uh you know my idea a few years ago was, you know, to do basically this, but instead of the, the curated list, let each team nominate one kind of unsung hero guy and then have, you know, basically you get a, a John Scott on every team, but it would be voted right. by the fans, but also picked by the players. So, you know, it would nobody could be too salty about it. And, you know, I, I, I still kind of like that idea, but this is this is OK. I just I'm curious to see if we get. You know, what you see in, in some other sports where players are campaigning and there's, you know, on Twitter and vote for me and this sort of thing, or whether, I don't know, maybe it's the NHL. Maybe we'll get like, don't vote for me. Maybe that'll be the campaign. Vote for some other guy so well, that I, I think, don't have to go. I think we already did. I think Tyler Sagan already came out and said, don't vote for me, which is like what you'd expect a guy to say after his owner says you're fucking horseshit or his president said, you're fucking, well, I guess the owner agreed. We'll get to yeah. that in a second. Yeah, CEO. But um, no, I agree. But, you know, when I saw this, my first thought was, first off, obviously, 
how far we've fallen as a uh, electorate. Uh, you know, when it comes to the All Star Game, we're back in the day. We're we're punching out little tickets at the games and electing you know ten guys, and and now we're lucky to get eight. And the the last four are just from the NHL's own you know list. The other thing I thought was what a convenient way to pass the buck to the fans. So it's like, oh, look, you know, hey, Patrick Line, we really wanted to put you on the all-star team. We actually let the fans choose, and they're the ones who said, fuck you, we'd rather have Jonathan Taves. So, I, I mean, you're not a snub, necessarily. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the fans that made you a snub. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that. the NHL uh, having a fair amount of contempt for its hardcore fans is, is um, a, a pretty common practice at this point, right? Like it, the, the, the NHL is always, always, always chasing casual fans who don't fucking exist. Like no one's vaguely interested in the NHL. And, it, and this is just another one of those things of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know all you psychos are going to watch this shit no matter what we do. Because you all like hockey already, but the people who don't like hockey, those are the people we think want to like hockey. But but who of those people are going to vote for the, this last man? Like I mean, nobody. It's not that's like the a point. They don't care. Yeah, yeah. That must. Yeah, that might be it. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I I feel like I'm at a point where I'm so down on the All Star Game that I I really can't criticize too much when the NHL tries to do something different because I've I've already crapped all over whatever they did last year. So I you know I don't right. mind. Let's let's see. I, I don't think it it helps or solves many problems. It doesn't bother me that much though. I and if if people like it and get into it, uh, then then I guess that's fine. But. Uh, it's I, I am interested to see how it goes and see if fans get into it or if it just and, and, you know, of course, we won't know that because the league won't bother to tell us who got how many votes or what the race looks like mm-hmm. or anything like that. Uh, they'll just send out a press release one day saying, uh, you know, Morgan Riley's on the all star team now and and that'll be it. But if 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 they did it that way, yeah. it could it could be fun. Um, so there's potential. Yeah. Thanks, Steve Dangle, for starting the John Scott campaign. Now, if you yeah. guys want to go see the uh, NHL All-Star Game, might we recommend the best way to go about procuring tickets would be through our friends at SeatGeek. You know, getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know, hubba hubba hubba, who do you trust? That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. They pull millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats that you want for a price you're willing to pay. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. I've used SeatGeek a lot this year, in fact, for theater. I went and saw Brian Cranston in network through SeatGeek recently and had a fantastic time seeing one of the best performances I've ever seen on Broadway. Uh, best of all, listeners to Puck Soup can get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app today. Enter the promo code SOUP, S-O-U-P, that's spelled SOUP. That's promo code SOUP for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. And you have a camera phone and take pictures of yourself at the game when you buy your tickets through SeatGeek because they really like it. Uh, we referenced Tyler Sagan just before. Uh, it is That's the, a big story that happened since the last Puck Soup. Uh, fucking Horseshit Gate, I believe, is the uh, shorthand <laughs> title for it. 
I have never seen anything in my entire life like this before where the president of a team torches its two best players in such a profane and wonderful manner. Oh, and by the way, interesting side note journalistically. Apparently, Jim Lights is much like Ray Shiro in the sense that he's always talking like this, but guys like Mike Heike know not to, like, quote him verbatim. But Sean Shapiro, God bless him at The Athletic, uh, either didn't kind of know to leave that shit off the record or he's like, I'm at a place where we can curse like sailors in our stories. Fuck it all. And just left well, it all my in. Thing with that, Lord knows it's a much better story with it in there. Yeah, and my thing with that is, like, Sean Shapiro writes in the story that, like, everybody clicked on or whatever. By the way, I asked him, like, four or five times, this is all on the record, right? And he's like, yeah, write this shit. Nobody else is writing it, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know how much more leeway he like the team want because like i i thought that was bullshit from heike to be like uh now i wouldn't have gone out and printed all the f words and c words and all that kind of stuff that he said and it's like yeah dude like if you want to be buddy buddy with the with the owner i guess that's fine but like that's kind of not like that's access journalism and it's not really like what you should be doing if the if the owner's pull or the ceo's pulling you aside and being like yeah, these two guys on my team that they're they're the two best players we have by a mile, and uh, they're our highest paid players, and they're fucking garbage. Yeah, and and that's <laughs> it, it would have changed the meaning of the story to change the quotes. Like if if he pulls you aside and says our bleeping power play has to be better, and you want to just change it to the power play needs to be better, you haven't really necessarily lost much. But when he comes in and just goes total, you know like early 90s bill hicks on the entire organization (laughs) like you can't to clean that up would have been misrepresenting what he said so uh, you know i don't know how you you know they're bleeping horse bleep you know you just what do you go with like there there would have been a lot of parentheses in that story uh if he hadn't if he hadn't quoted him directly so i don't see see I was I was going to say late nineties Dennis Leary, but then I realized we both same made thing. the same reference. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Now, Sh- Sean, Sean, are you are you moderately surprised that this didn't happen in Ottawa? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Well, only uh, here's here's what would have happened in Ottawa. First of all, somebody would have tackled Eugene Melnick uh, before it happened. And the other thing that would never happen in Ottawa is you'd never get an, an email or a text or whatever from the owner saying, "I want to speak to reporters at." 1215 and and have only one person right. show up there would have been like a lineup right. out the door i would have been there i i don't right. you know i, I would have been I, I would have been like cutting off school buses to get there because uh, you know something's <laughs> gonna happen so yeah I, I i know ottawa fans are disappointed like you know you you work all year long to <laughs> to build up your reputation as the biggest uh you know and you're sitting there going there, there's nothing left there's nothing that we haven't done there's nothing at all that we haven't done. And then, uh, sure enough, these guys come along and, and it just blow you out of the horse bleeping water. They really miscalculated, though, don't they? Don't you think? Like, they, they, they kind of, I think they did this and they're like, all right, this is going to fire up the boys. You know, yep. now we're the, I turned, I, I did a heel turn and I've, I've, I've pissed all over our two best players in the room. We'll come together and they'll play well. They're going to be like, fuck you, management. We're standing up for Tyler and Jamie. And then, like, 24 hours later, they're like, 
holy shit, we just alienated every good player in the league that would ever sign here. Well, it's <laughs> that and like, that, like no one's going to come to Dallas. Yeah, it's that and like the fact that, okay, boy, if you get Devin Shore really fired up, he might go out there and, well, he might put up a quarter of a point a game for the next week. Whoa. <laughs> You know what it reminded me of? Right, exactly. Have you ever have you ever heard that uh, uh, Kevin Hart bit where he talks about uh, his mom sending him to school with a message for the teacher, uh, and and he's no. and he's allowed to swear in the message. He's supposed to tell the teacher to mind her damn business. But then when he gets there, uh, he he gets so overly excited that he just freaks out and starts dropping f bombs left and right and and gets suspended. <laughs> and I feel like that's what happened. I feel like they were sitting around. And because at first, when the story came out, you thought, "All right, this is Jim Light's going going rogue," and and he did this on his own. But it it became apparent that it was a calculated thing, and the owner was yeah. on board, and Jim Neal knew it was coming. <clears throat> it sure sounds like they sat around going, "All right, you, you're going to rip a strip off these guys publicly," but they weren't expecting him to just to go completely Looney Tunes in the process of doing it. And I can just picture like. I would have loved to have seen the look on like Jim Neal's face when he read that story or, or you know, and, and just realized how completely off the rails the entire thing had gone because it, it just <laughs> seems like that was not like, I can't imagine what possible benefit comes out of doing it the way that they did it. Right. Did they deserve it? Is the question. No, no. that fucking team's garbage. But they've not been that gr- – I mean, they've, no, they haven't the, been. the rising tide of scoring – yeah, the rising tide of scoring in this league would indicate that they should be better than what they are this well, year. Well, so uh, a, a couple of things on that. One, they missed – they didn't have Radulov for 10 games, and they had to skate around with, like, Jason Spetz or whoever, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's probably not going to result in as many goals. But the other thing is, like – he goes off on this thing about we want the Jamie Ben that made the All Star team, and it's like okay, so you want like tw- or uh, the Olympic team, and it's like okay, so you want twenty four year old Jamie Ben. Let me get in my fucking DeLorean and I'll see if I can dig him up for you. Like, <laughs> like you signed a guy till he's like thirty four, thirty five, or whatever, and you're and you're mad that he's not twenty four years old anymore, and it's like. Yeah, this is how uh, linear time works. I don't know what the fuck you think was going to happen. And the the scary thing for me, if I'm a Dallas Stars fan, and and I wrote about this last week, is the the whole comment about you know they they need him to score more goals. So just just go to the scoring areas, go to the areas where you're going to score. Just try harder. Any time in the NHL that you hear a team where their answer to a problem <laughs> is just for everyone to try harder. You probably yeah. have a good indication that they don't know what the problem actually is or that they're not willing to actually address the issue. Like the, the problem with the Dallas Stars is not that their two highest paid players just aren't trying. Uh, it's it's a whole long list of other things. Uh, and it it, it kind of, you know, it, it would be one thing if they had correctly identified the problem and then gone overboard in in how they attempted to address it yeah but if it, it certainly sounds to me like they're sitting around looking you know and, and by they i mean the front office and the ownership are sitting around looking at the roster saying this roster is good enough to be a contender uh if only jamie ben would just try harder and if if that's yeah. how they've diagnosed the problem that they're in more trouble than maybe we think it's it's like if my dad became the ceo of the Dallas stars all right the problem is they don't want it they don't want it right now. If they wanted it, 
they win, but they don't want it. Is your, like, it's is your, is your dad is a nonsense? hockey commentator in Canada? Because that sounds like 90% of the <laughs> analysis that we get up. You just got to up the compete level and be harder to play yeah, against. Jim, Jim Lights shouldn't well, be the I fucking have, guy who's, yeah. who's yelling shoot in the press box on the power play. Like, <laughs> just let the let let the hockey people do their fucking jobs and like well maybe maybe hold Jim Mill accountable for building a bad roster. And, and the other thing is, you know, they're like Jamie Ben's got to go to the scoring areas, and then you see like a, a heat map of Jamie Ben's shots this year, and like he's practically standing inside the net, yeah, for most of it. It's just a dark yeah. circle inside the creek. Like, where's he supposed <clears throat> to go? I mean, I, I don't. Well, that was. That was my other favorite. My other favorite part was was like Sagan's hit like a billion crossbars this year, and that was brought up to Jim Lights. Or like Sagan's hit a billion crossbars this year, and he's like, "So what? Never happened before. Maybe where, he where? needs to try not to." Yeah, you know. And, and, and to his point about it never happened before. Why why Sagan get run out of Boston again? Is it because he he hit six posts yeah. in the playoffs and and only scored one goal? I had some I had some uh, Boston Herald reporter saying he was he was bad in those playoffs to me. And it's like we watch the same playoffs, right? Like he, yeah, he lugged um, Dan Pie around for for three rounds or whatever, and looked good doing it. Right? Yeah. Oh, oh, I remember that. Yeah, and I, and I, you know, look back and you know, Sagan's line mates. I mean, it was, it was garbage. And you know, you get a bunch of Boston knuckleheads. They're like, hey, yeah, Rod, this is exactly why we didn't want him. I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah, couldn't couldn't use him in the, on the depth chart no, now. Definitely with not. the Bruins, right? Jesus God Almighty. Um, all right, well there you go, horseshit gate. It was a great time. We'll transition to another Dallas Stars topic, which of course is the 2020 Winter Classic. A pleasant surprise in my book that Dallas is getting the Winter Classic uh, at the Cotton Bowl. Uh, it seats 90,000. Gary Bettman corrected me and said, I think it's like 80,000. By the time the NHL can reconfigures it, it's probably going to be around between 70 and 80,000 fans. Uh, I, 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 who do they pick to fill this? Like, what is the team that goes into that game and their fans travel to make up the difference from the Texans that don't attend the, the Winter Classic next it year? It should be Vegas, but it won't be. I, I think what they're doing is hoping against hope that the stars make the playoffs and get some sort of first round or, or further matchup that turns into a really big deal and, and kind of creates a rivalry because I don't, you know, I don't know if Minnesota is going to do it. That, that seems like the obvious one. Um, but that's, that's a long way to go. Uh, you know, especially, I mean, if you're a Minnesota fan, do you really want to travel all that way to see like your exes, new place and how well they're doing like i mean that's right that's what it is that's the appeal hey this used to be your team and it's like yeah okay so i i don't know if that and, does it, it and, they've... and w- would minnesota travel is the question like I oh, think they would. yeah they, they travel for the for the university of minnesota hockey team pretty well so i, I think you could get mm-hmm. you know if you, if you make it an experience and all that yeah i think they can probably get you know 15 20,000 people to show up but is that enough i don't know and it's certainly not good for like the national audience if it's the winter classic oh god who gives a shit a fucking fucking basil mccray dropping the first puck and that that's meaningful <laughs> to about 25 right, people but just like you know come on like, who who on the wild is anybody tuning in to see play hockey in 2019 or i guess 2020 right that's like, why that's why the Buffalo thing's interesting. Like the the Sabers have star players, 
they have history with Dallas. You could, I think, more people in the hockey world give more of a shit about the skate and the crease thing than they do about the North Stars. Maybe. Um, like, if you wanted to play a nostalgia card, you bring the Sabers down there, and their fans would travel. Yeah. They, they, here's the thing with that. I, I, if I was the NHL, I would be saving the Sabers in my back pocket for the Maple Leafs. Maybe a year later oh, or two. Of course, because that of course. would be. I mean, yes, they would travel to that. But I mean, you you have those two teams play outdoors in Buffalo. I mean, that would just be a madhouse. Well, they already that, did that Ralph be, Wilson Stadium, though, right, or whatever it's called. Yeah, they they need so. to figure out somewhere to to do it, or maybe you know maybe you do it at, at a neutral site wherever. But that I think. Oh is, no, you do it. I I you floating rink on Niagara Falls. And whoever is leading at the point in which the rink goes over the falls wins the game. Done. That's it. Done. That's the only thing I want to see. Done and done. Um, I my choice is Nashville. Yeah. I want I want a fucking hoot nanny. I want a CMA Awards Winter Classic that is all about Texas and Tennessee and and that a cell, like make it look like nothing we've ever seen before. And I think if you put Nashville in that game down there. It would look like we've nothing we've ever seen before. It'd be a really different feeling than like trying to shoehorn a northeastern team into this Texas yeah. thing. And you like, get star I, power. To me, that that feels right. Yeah, there's yeah. star power. Uh, there's the, the the Predators are a regional team. You get fans from Alabama and Kentucky making the trip. Like that to me seems like the most logical choice. They're a division rival. Uh, maybe maybe that speaks to what you were saying before about how you know if we get Nashville and Dallas in the first round exactly. and it's a nasty ass series, I think then that's maybe it. I there's think a little bit more heat to it. They're really crossing their fingers that they're going to see those two teams cross paths and and not just in a first round series, but you know give us a great series, give us you know a seven game classic, and then you announce that you know it's classic booking, right? Like you have the big you know the 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 big blow off, and then you announce the rematch, and uh, you know I think that would. Mm-hmm. That would be great, but if they don't make the playoffs or those two teams miss each other, uh, then I'm I'm not I'm not completely sure what you do. I mean, St. Louis isn't good now. No. Winnipeg's already booked. They say it's not going to be Chicago, uh, and it you know thank goodness for that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Lambert, you you seem pretty damn sure that it should be Vegas. Why? Because you're not going to be able to have a game in Vegas until the Raiders stadium gets built, whatever, two, three years from now. And it, it just seems like, you know, I, I, if I recall correctly, the, the golden Knights first game ever was against Dallas. And then you, and no, Oh, Oh yeah. On the road. Yeah. Maybe? I'm pretty sure. Cause they, oh, that, that was, okay. my, that was another thing I said, the NHL fucked up was they didn't open their seat, their inaugural season at home. Um, at home, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I just think that, like, you know, it's it's kind of regional. They're both they're both in the southwest. Although I guess Dallas is probably more just the regular south. Um, but like, you know, I don't think the Dallas Stars are a team anybody in like outside of hockey cares about. Like, nobody could name anybody on the Dallas Stars if, but. If you say, "Hey, you ever heard of the Vegas Golden Knights?" People will be like, "Oh yeah, they were great." So it, it just right, it kind right. of delivers that star power just in franchise name, even if nobody can pick you know Jonathan Marcheseau out of a lineup. Right, and and See, again, there th- you've yeah, got go a situation where even though they're different divisions, that could potentially be a first round playoff matchup if Dallas goes in as a wild card. 
you know, there, there could be that crossover. So, you know, I, 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 that's my gut feeling is that Nashville's number one, but let's wait and see who they end up playing in the playoffs and, and see if anything comes out of that, uh, that, that maybe gives us a better storyline to latch onto. Oh, and who the, who the stars thought, are playing in the playoffs, by the way, is, uh, the, the ninth green at Pebble Beach. They're not, they're not doing it. I don't know why anybody thinks this team's turning it around. Uh, you know what's going to be funny is when they've, they've like, they run off a, a win streak and they're securely in the playoffs and then everyone starts writing stories about how Jim Light inspired this team and yeah. he lit the fire and then like all the players look at each other like, no, we're not, we're not doing this. And then they, they go right in the tank and miss the playoffs. First of all, lights the fire, Sean. And second of all, uh, I, it pissed me off. Uh, the, the, the boys who do the uh, press box on The Ringer do the overworked Twitter joke of the week. And the amount of people who answered who should the Dallas Stars play in the 2020 Winter Classic and answered management. Yep. It's a great joke, and it was an avalanche of the same punchline. But that doesn't mean it's not a great joke. You brought up the Golden Knights. You know, I thought... Elliot Friedman said that the L.A. Kings, for some fucking reason, are going to be the team in the Colorado game at Air Force, the stadium series game. I thought I thought the military fetishizing Bill Foley would have definitely gotten Vegas in that game against well, Colorado, he's an army but guy, apparently though. it's not going to be them. Does Army not have heat with the Air Force, only with the fucking Navy? Is that, I mean, do the, is it like the Marines don't like the Air Force, but the Army doesn't like... No, I, I think they all kind of don't What's, like each other. I th- I, and could the Coast Guards over here being like, boys, <laughs> who doesn't like us? <laughs> um, I thought it'd be the Golden Knights, but, but apparently it's not. But the Kings, though, like, why? Right? In that game? Yeah, no. Like, I, yeah. I mean, anytime you get a chance to get a team that's a mile out of the playoffs and everybody on it is 51 years old into the... Uh, into the outdoor game that's not the winter classic that the team that they're playing the team everybody uh definitely knows about the colorado avalanche boy what an opportunity for the league <laughs> right that doesn't exactly. that doesn't make it like i mean it's a big tv market but it's not a big hockey tv market so mm-hmm. i don't know well speaking of big tv markets boys the winter classic ratings up, up, up. 17% over last year where, you know, nobody decided to tune in to watch the scintillating rivalry between the Buffalo Sabres and the New York Rangers at City Field. And the highest ratings in the last four years uh, for the Blackhawks and the Bruins. A well-played Winter Classic, a game that I enjoyed watching. Uh, the Notre Dame uh, shit, I guess, made people curious about the game. I don't think they tuned in for Weezer. Uh, who, by the way, did play Africa, or they, although they did not show it on NBC. Uh, but the Winter Classic, I think, this year was a moderate hit for NBC and the NHL. Yeah, I had, I had a enjoy better it? time watching it than I, I guess I do normally. Um, the, it was a better game, and um, I, I thought the, the bo- both teams' jerseys were pretty good to just look at. Um, which was not the oh, case fuck. last Those year. Those Boston ones are great. Unreal. The Boston ones are great. Yes, absolutely. But, but the but the Completely special agree. jerseys they, last year were garbage. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, the the novelty is pretty thoroughly worn off at this point, and I don't, I you know, I don't feel like they're they don't feel like must watch games for hockey fans anymore because you've seen it enough times. But they can still be good games and. This was a good game, and you know it was it was close game to the end. It was 
uh, you know, it was interesting. It wasn't really a, a big rivalry game, uh, at least, it, you know, I mean, you had the Stanley Cup six years ago, but that's that's kind of a ways back to go. Uh, but it was still a good good game. Two teams that needed two points, and uh, it, it was it held my attention the whole way through. Uh, you know, what, and, and what's the what was the coverage like in Canada? Like, what how did, how did Canadian media how does how does Canadian media treat the Winter Classic when it's when it's not a Canadian team involved? Uh, it's I mean it gets coverage as a big event, but it's you know like they they, they typically like they don't send their own people down. We get the NBC broadcast and. Uh, oh and all really? Of that stuff. Okay. Yeah. So we we got to see Jeremy Roenick dancing around and 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 all of that stuff. It's <laughs> humiliating. It's, you know, it's just humiliating for the sport. Yeah. I mean, I would say it, it probably gets <laughs> gets treated a lot like the All Star Game as sort of like a big event, but not something that you spend a, a lot of time really thinking and talking about until it arrives. <clears throat> well, it's funny. Like I I was sitting I was in the press box next to two. Uh, the two Sportsnet spots in the press box, and there was nobody there on the uh, on New Year's Eve for like media availability. And the next day, uh, Sean McKenzie shows up. I'm like, oh, hey, what's going on, man? It's good to see you again. Sportsnet sent Sean McKenzie to the Winter Classic to cover the Gary Bettman 10 minute press availability, and then he left. <laughs> he had nothing to do with the game. <laughs> he didn't stay for any of this shit. Sportsnet literally sent him to ask a couple questions about the Heritage Classic and then get the fuck out of South Bend, which is a great gig if you can get it, by the oh, way. For sure. But I was just really. That, 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 yeah, that was like a, a pretty good clue in for me on exactly like how they view the Winter Classic, which I, it, was, it was kind of eye opening. But, uh, you know, I, I had a good time. I, uh, the only fuck ups for the NHL. Uh, at this game for me one the gear sale situation was atrocious they had a, a temporary uh store set up outside of uh notre dame stadium it was crazy small um smaller than 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 any of the like the gear stores that currently exist in, in new state in new arenas that you can kind of walk into uh there was a giant line to get in uh it was the line was like 35 minutes long about 90 minutes before puck drop and then during the game and I'm still trying to figure out how the fuck you do this. They ran out of hot dogs and beer in one half of the stadium during the Winter Classic. Amazing. Like, the Winter Classic does not have a larger capacity than a Notre Dame football game. I don't know if this is a regular occurrence at Notre Dame or what. I, I don't know if the, if the priests can only bless a certain amount of hot dogs before the game or some shit. Uh, but, uh, but they ran out of beer and hot dogs at the Winter Classic, apparently, which is crazy. The big That's, fuck up. I don't know what, if, so it the is big fuck is. up for me is uh, they let the the Nazi guy back. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, we should pause on that. So Bobby Hull, Bobby Bobby Hull has now appeared in more Winter Classics, I think. No shit. <laughs> than, than than at least two thirds of the NHL, and once again he's there waving to the crowd, and once again I got to be the guy who's like linking out the AP story where he's like, Hitler was good in the beginning and I'm not racist. I just don't think anybody of color should ever get any wealth. Like, why Why is it on us to re- to recall that this guy is a domestic abusing racist Nazi sympathizer and, and, and the NHL just is like la-di-da? Like, what the fuck does this guy have to... Like, what has to happen for him not to be invited to the party anymore? It's insane. He has me. to die. Is is what's gonna like? I'm, or, I'm dead serious. That's or, that's or give ten million dollars to a children's hospital. That would <laughs> yeah, that gets him right out of town. <laughs> that would that would knock him down a few picks. 
Oh wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I was I was so angry. And what's weird about so every time Bobby Hull comes into the conversation, the uh, <clears throat> weird Bobby Hull fan club has a new gripe. And this year, the gripe was it's usually like all that was in the past. He was drunk then. Then uh, this year it was, hey, buddy, why don't you just do some journalism? And go talk to Bobby Hull and be like, hey, did you really say this? Or what do you think about it now? You're so tough on your keyboard. Go be a journalist. Talk to Bobby. Hull. I'm like, what the fuck do I possibly have to do? Why is it my job to even do a scintilla of image re- rehabilitation for this fucking guy who, as of 2010, said he regretted nothing, including beating up his wife. Uh, well, I don't think it's a thing where it should be like on you to do image rehabilitation, but you could really nail his ass to the wall. <laughs> I think that would be fun to be. So why? I don't know. To, like why? Like because, I because I, the NHL to, to, to gets the, to, the to, benefit to, of like acting like he didn't do this shit because it was a long time ago. But if you if you get him on the record in you know 2019 where he's going, mm, you know, the Holocaust. Who knows if it really happened? You know, like yeah. But the th- but the th- but the thing is, is that the the NHL doesn't deny any of it. It's just they don't care. Like that's my point. Like me getting going out and being like, "Do you regret beating up your wife?" No. Well, right. Be- uh, what do you think of Hitler? Pretty good. Pretty good guy. Nice mustache. Like the NHL will read that and they won't give a shit because he scored a bunch of goals. Well, no, like, I, I think I think if you can get him like on video or have just like the audio of him saying that shit like i think i think that would be enough in 2019 to get him shit canned uh i'm not totally confident that that's the case um because again like yeah the the team that uh he i don't know does he still work for them he certainly does appearances for them um but they're still doing the big racist logo in 2019 so you know who knows yeah, I mean, I mean, granted, it might cost him that appearance fee at Eric Daze's Ford dealership in Aurora. <laughs> That's true, but I don't know. I don't think it's going to necessarily cost him a spot at the Winter Classic because the NHL doesn't care. They, they clearly don't care. I don't know. It's such a bummer. Uh, also, a bummer, of course, is uh, well. I mean, at least for one third of the show. Uh oh. All right, we should probably we should probably talk about it. Wow. Um, nice Canadians. Uh, for the first time, I believe in the nation's history, will not medal in World Juniors. I might, I might be wrong in that stat. <laughs> it is, it is the first time Canada will ever not medal in a World Juniors that were held in Canada. They were held in Canada, okay. So, which is kind of amazing because you figure the pressure would be so tough on these kids, and they are just they're kids, just remember? kids, Greg. Just they're kids only playing. A, they're just children. kids playing a game they love. Exactly. Um, that you'd figure this would have happened before, but yeah, they lose to Finland. Uh, they had a penalty shot that Maxime Comtois had, correct? Am I saying his name correctly? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, did not score. And, uh, and then Finland did score in o- yes. overtime and Canada lost. Um, now <clears throat> there have been many, many reactions to this world junior defeat, many of them from Ryan Lambert, but we'll get to that in a <laughs> second. Um, so the, the, uh, Okay, so there was a a statement put out, the official statement on social media comments by Max Comtois' representatives. Um, 
so these are his representatives, not his agent, because he can't have one yet, but the people who advise him, I suppose. And, and this is what it says. He's the ultimate example of a Hockey Canada athlete who has grown through the ranks to become a selfless leader. No one is prouder to wear the maple leaf on his chest. That's, I mean, John Tavares, obviously. <laughs> These young men understand and accept the pressure that comes with their roles in the hockey world. It is shameful and incomprehensible. It's extremely comprehensible. <laughs> that a few cowards can, who can hide behind social media could make such vicious attacks on these young men's oof, character after they have battled their hearts out for their country. We will make this one and only statement on this subject, so not to validate any more of the cowardly comments made on social media. It was Maxime's idea to use this as a learning moment for all of the youth of Canada that cyberbullying is a real problem <laughs> And like all bullies, we all need to stand up to them and call them out for what they are. Thank you for shedding a spotlight on a major problem in our society. Now, listen, cyberbullying is very real. I I am honored that our first lady, Melania Trump, has taken it upon herself to try to snuff out cyberbullying herself. Uh, Is it really cyberbullying when you fail at something and you get called out for it on Twitter? No. In an athletic no, competition, like, is it is it cyberbullying if, if 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 you know Russell Wilson throws a pick in the NFC title game and, and gets returned for a touchdown and the Seahawks lose? Like, is it cyberbullying if a Seahawks fan is like, "You fucking failure, never play football again"? Is that cyberbullying? No, I mean, like, is it cyberbullying when I don't know, uh, like all the all the Islanders fans are just adding me and Sean because we don't think their team's any good, like. I, you know what? In that case, I will say that it is cyberbullying, yes, and those people should be in jail. Um, <laughs> but no, like, of course it isn't. It's just like, like, like they said in the thing. They understand and accept the pressure, but please don't do mean ats to them. Like, okay, dude. Uh, you know, it's it's really one of those things. The bigger problem to me is that all these Canadian guys are are adding uh, CCM or whatever about the guy's stick breaking. Oh right, right, like, right. The, this is the kind of cycle we're dealing with, right? Like they're not even adding the right stick company. They just thought of a stick company, and and some social media intern at, at CCM has had to spend the whole day like mm, I think that was actually a, an Easton or whatever, like. <clears throat> Now, now here's my here's my question for Sean. Yeah. Wh- which of these uh, uh, excuses and or uh, uh, analyses do you like the most about Canada's uh, laws? All of them. Don Cherry, Don Cherry's. Uh, this is why you don't run up the score in Denmark because it's bad karma. Uh, do you like the typical? These are these are just kids, and we put too much pressure on them. Do you like the all of our best players are in the NHL right now? Were they here? We would have won. Which of the of the cornucopia of these things do you prefer? And also, should Canada begin uh, a new national commission on the quality of hockey sticks after that one broke in such a critical moment? They, yeah, they they might have to do that. I think the excuse is it's going to be the broken stick. Uh, it's it's going to be the. Uh, uh, I mean, it's it's. It's an excuse, but it's also the truth that this is now a tournament where there are legitimately four or five teams every year that can can win. Uh, and you know, no one's no one's going to win it every year. I I feel, in a way, 
like I'm I'm letting you guys guys down a bit because I, I I get this sense that there's this like anytime Canada loses in a major tournament, there's this appetite for like all right here comes the big Canadian meltdown. Canadians are freaking out. And I don't I don't get that yeah, sense. We're, we're waiting this time around. Like I really don't with, with this one because we have done it before. I will make that mm-hmm. very clear. Um, and and there are certainly times where Canada loses in a tournament and it's and it is it is a scar on our national <laughs> psyche. But this, I mean, th- this was a. If, first of all, I think it's it's well understood at this point that the World Juniors is something that Canadians care very, very, very much about in the years in which oh, they yeah. win, and they care somewhat less about any year that they don't win. So it's kind of one of those things where as soon as Canada goes out, the importance of the tournament uh, dials down a bit. So I don't know. I mean, maybe I'd be singing a different tune if they had, if they had won and, and we were talking about them going into the semifinals or whatever. But the, the thing with Canada that you have to understand is it is very, very important to our national psyche that we be able to perceive ourselves as the best hockey nation. We have to be the best country at playing hockey. And anything that dents that significantly is a big deal. So when we go 50 years without winning a gold medal in the Olympics, that's a big deal. When we lose to the U.S. in the World Cup, that's a big deal. When we go to Nagano for the first time best on best and don't get a medal, that's a big deal. And when we don't win the World Juniors seven years in a row or whatever it was up until the the Sidney Crosby year – that is a big deal, and that's when you get Canadians, you know, panicking and freaking out. When we've won every major best-on-best best tournament without even losing a game over the last, you know, whatever it is, three three tournaments worth, uh, and we won the World Junior one year ago, it's we don't mm-hmm. get to that level of psychosis for for losing one even though we lost at home even though you're you're not even going to medal you know the perception heading into the tournament was that this wasn't a particularly strong canadian entry uh you know this this wasn't one of those years where they were necessarily the the runaway favorite they were the runaway favorite this year they absolutely were were they absolutely (laughs) yeah no like i know that everybody in canada has this real vested interest in being like oh this is a lunch pail team of first round picks uh these guys you know they they the the international rules it's not fair because the ohl doesn't play by international rule and all this shit and it's like no you care right up until you fucking lose and i'm not saying like you personally sean i'm saying like canada in general is like the boys are going to do it this year, and then the second they don't, it's like, and who gives a shit about World Junior anyway? Yeah, I, I mean, to an extent, you're, you're, I mean, you're extreme, but you've kind of got the general gist of it. I, I don't, I don't dispute that. As soon as <laughs> you know, yes, if they, if this exact team had won the gold medal, they would be being lifted up as you know this this fantastic thing. But I. You know, it's again, there are years where and and we all know, right? Anyone who has ever listened to Canadian hockey fans knows every year there's a lockout. That's the year when Canada is going to dot because we have all our NHL players and, you know, we can actually send our best players Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And and on all of that. And, And there are other years where, you know, if there's a Connor McDavid or somebody like this, this team didn't really have that. They were at home. So that bumps them up you know you you still expect that they're gonna uh that they're gonna do well so it was a dis i mean to not win even a medal is definitely a disappointment i think it i think it is going to have an impact on tim hunter as far as his prospects of of coaching in the in the nhl i mean that that's the kind of the risk you take when you take the job 
but as you know as far mm-hmm. as there being you know like panic in the streets or you know or we're gonna have another national commission for a tournament that they won one year ago it's it i i hate to let you down but it's just it's not really there this year how how many times do you have to lose before you guys start feeling completely inferior? I mean, I, I'm just just for my own edification. Yeah, well, I, you know, it, it 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 does kind of all mix together. It's it, it's it's not just the World Juniors. The World Juniors is the biggest annual tournament because nobody cares about the World Championships <laughs> unless we win. In which case, the World Championships are a completely valid. Uh, <laughs> way to determine who's, who the best hockey country is of course it, the, the most the most right when crosby goes and you guys win it's like the single greatest most yeah. important tournament in all of hockey exactly you, you exactly and but but when we don't then then yeah then nobody cares it's it's uh you know what what happens for us to you know I, there's a case to be made that actually canadian fans should be panicking a little bit more than they are and, and that once the the kind of you know that that 2005 world junior team which was like the crosby uh bergeron but yeah bergeron uh, web like all those guys that that team that came in and just rolled over everyone and then formed like the the core of what would go on to become all the olympic wins you know that that team is into their 30s now and that if if you advance a couple years in the calendar and those guys aren't your prime players anymore suddenly it's kind of like you look around and it's you got still got Connor McDavid, but the rest of the countries look pretty uh, pretty equal, if not more so. So there's there's a case to be made that Canadian fans should actually be a lot more worried and, and panicked than they are that their their grip is slipping. But I don't think you're going to really see that until Canada loses a, a legitimate best on best, which is like World Cup or Olympics. Um, if if they're still mm-hmm. rolling on those, then you know, then then that's it. I mean, that's how you determine the best of the best right now. But as soon as they lose one right. of those, that's when you're going to see uh, some Canadian behinds clenching. Yeah, I mean, just, just like think of the, like for example, like if, if a team had Austin Matthews and Jack Eichel and Jack Hughes. Oh, sure, so some some magical dream team that had that. Sure, I mean that would. Oh, be... oh 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 and 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 let's and let's be honest. You know, as much as we goof on you fuckers for the way you depict your your extraordinarily talented world junior team as a bunch of fucking people that showed up one day like scabs at, an, at a replacement <laughs> camp. Um, the moment that the Americans win a gold medal in hockey over Canada, we'll treat it as a miracle. Well, yeah. We're never the yeah. best at anything. We'll treat it as like, oh, the stars aligned and the boys came together and we'll cast... Kurt Russell's kid one day is coach whoever the fuck. Uh, Damn, no, it's, it'll be a whole thing. We do, we do, we do so. Oh, don't even. <laughs> we, we do so much of our own sort of mythologizing when it comes to our victories. Oh yeah, for too. sure. And um, the difference is that our entire national identity isn't wrapped up in being good at hockey, right? Like we we have a lot of really horrible things that we love being good at, um, and and so like if we lose in in hockey or at you know when USA basketball was dropping all those uh, Olympic medals, despite sending, you know, the best rosters in the world and all that shit, like we didn't really care. Cause we didn't have to, because we were like, Hmm, sure. We're not good at hockey or basketball or whatever, but we are good at global empire. And, as long, as long as we're propping up a bunch of insane dictators in various countries, who cares? Right, exactly, exactly. All right, now it's time for the first uh, quiz we're going to do. 
uh, on Puck Soup 2.0. The Triforce is assembled, of course, and that means it's time for twi- a quiz. If you remember the first time all three of us did a show, it was revealed that uh, Sean doesn't really know a lot about pop culture uh, to the point where it was suggested that if Ryan Lambert gave him a series of fake movie descriptions that Sean would have no idea which ones are real and which ones are fake. So we're going to put that to the test today. Uh, Lambert has compiled a, a collection of descriptions. Some may be of actual films in 2019. Some may be complete poppycock. Um, and so it's going to be on Down Goes Brown to figure out which is which. Man. We're calling this the great 2019 which movies are bullshit and which ones are real <laughs> quiz administered to Sean Meckendow. And so, oh, Lambert, boy. please begin the All right, quiz. Sean. So I just want you, I'm going to read like a paragraph description of each movie, people in it, that okay. kind of thing. Okay. And I just want you to say, is this movie real or fake? All right. That's it. Okay, we're going to start with an easy one. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, in what he says will be his final film, Quentin Tarantino, the director of Pulp Fiction and Django, Django Unchained, directs Academy Award winner Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Starring as TV as a TV actor and his stunt double, respectively, they get they accidentally get roped into the Manson family murders. Future Puck Soup guest Margot Robbie from Suicide Squad and I Tanya <laughs> co-stars as murder victim Sharon Tate. Is that movie real or fake? <laughs> oh, First of all, I want to say I have heard of Quentin Tarantino. All right, so I want that on yes. the record. Uh, and, all right, and 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 some of those other people too. Uh, man, okay, see. You're putting effort because I wouldn't know when this was fake if you had named actors who hadn't already been in a bunch of Quentin Tarantino movies. But I, I feel mm-hmm. like you didn't say Samuel L. Jackson. But uh, Matt, you know what? He plays Charles Manson. To do uh, <laughs> to do a movie about Charles Manson would be completely inappropriate. So I'm going to say that's true. I think that's a real movie. It is a real movie. Yes. 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 yes! All right. Now there are there are five of these, so three means you win a big win okay. for Down Goes Brown. Yeah, all right. So I just got to hold home ice now. That's right. Hold the line. Yes. All right. Uh, number two, Spies in Disguise. This animated film <laughs> stars Will Smith from Men in Black and Independence Day, Tom Holland who plays Spider Man in the Marvel Universe, Rashida Jones from Parks and Recreation. And Grammy Award-winning producer of 10 top, t- top 40 singles, DJ Khaled. It tells the story of the world's greatest spy who, for a secret mission, is transformed into a pigeon. <laughs> I know who Will Smith is. I got, I got that going for me. Uh, <laughs> man, I, I was feeling it right up until the pigeon. I, I, feel, like, hmm. I feel like the pigeon... Is yeah, I'm gonna say fake. Spies in Disguise is a real movie. Oh boy! All right, there it is. Okay, mm-hmm. a pigeon. Yeah, pigeon. Right. Yep, pigeon. Okay, I'm. Mm-hmm. All right. And the sad thing is, that's an animated movie. That's one of the few that I might actually see. That'll probably be the only one of these <laughs> movies I will end up seeing. All right. I'm have to so your 500, which means that's, that's your 500, which means you're you're in a wild card you're, spot you're, right you're, now. No, probably you're never you're you're never in trouble until you lose on home ice. I'm I'm okay. All right. Number three, fighting with my family. 
this biopic no. of a retired Oh, that's wrestling. Yes, that's that's a real one. Okay. That's uh that's The Rock and Page. Yeah, you don't don't try to slip a wrestling question by me, See? right? That's you oh, can't be doing that. Shit. All right. There's no Okay. All right. That's me fucking up. I, I believe <laughs> I I believe I believe Sean just layeth the smackdown. He did. On this we should have given you. He should have given you the scouting report on that one. That was yeah. Uh, that's right. true. That's true. Okay. But so that was the scene in Jurassic Park where the little girl sits down. And she's like, "This is a Unix system. I know this." <laughs> I was I was way too excited about so, that. Okay. So the the reason that I thought you might be thrown off if you didn't know wrestling is that it, this movie was written and directed by. Office co-creator Stephen Merchant. Oh God! <laughs> I I all I know about the movie is it it's it's okay now it's The Rock. Yes, is is he even in it? Yeah, or is he's, he just like, he's he's executive producing it, and he's also like has cameo throughout the and movie. It, and it tells the story of Paige and Wish back me up here, but I feel like it's fair to say that that this is like the fourteenth most famous. WWE women's wrestling. Like, it's not... I wanted to mention that this is, at best, a mid-level women's wrestler. Um, Yeah. yeah, But but she was a two-time women's champion, so... And also, she's a... Like, she's a... She was, like, the SmackDown commissioner, commissioner, right? Or whatever. And also was involved uh, in a leaked sex tape, if memory serves, too, right? That I I don't know about. All right, that might not be her. (laughs) Or maybe it is. Who's to say? You got to watch the movie to find been, out. Actually, that might have been. I might be thinking of Diamond Dallas Page uh, actually on that one. So, any guy that goes around saying That's "bang" right. all the time clearly has a sex tape. All right, so you are two for two, and one. two for so three, three yeah. and one down. So you've got two cha- two cracks at this pinata to make the candy spill out. And here all right, we go. Uh, number four, Alita Battle Angel. This cyberpunk CGI fest directed by Robert Rodriguez of Sin City and Spy Kids fame stars Academy Award winner Christoph Waltz from Inglorious Bastards, Jennifer Connelly from Requiem for a Dream and A Beautiful Mind, and Mahershala Ali from Moonlight and the Hunger Games. It's about a robot girl with giant eyes who finds a secret new robot body and becomes the greatest fighter in the world. Is that movie real or fake? That that can't be real. That's, that's fake. That's one hundred percent real. Oh boy! Yeah, that's a very uh, real movie. It's 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 produced by James Cameron. Um, it's uh, it's a long in in gestation. Is it a cartoon? Movie it is. No, it's like live action. No. Okay. It looks. But she has giant cartoon eyes because, because it's based on a, a Japanese comic book. So like they made this one mm. character look like the character from the from the manga. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, it uh, it looks insanely mm. bad. So okay, all right. So we're down to the last one here, number all five, right. game seven. That's okay. Overtime. Is this like is like a penalty shot in overtime Too and soon, the pucks Greg. on your stick? <laughs> Sorry. Number five, Detective Pikachu. A genre-bending sci-fi comedy film noir entry into the Pokemon universe. This live-action movie stars Ryan Reynolds from Deadpool as Pikachu, the world's greatest hard-boiled detective. Pikachu investigates the disappearance of a former Pokemon trainer's private eye father meeting many famous Pokemon on the way. For the first time in my life, I'm glad that I have kids because I have 
had to watch the trailer for this stupid thing <laughs> multiple times. That yes. is a real movie. Woo! It should not be. Pop. It has Culture. no redeeming qualities, but that Master. is that is a real movie. Yeah. All right. Culture. Wait, did you go, did you go five for five on the real movies? Yes, I just picked the dumbest wow. movie that concepts. Was, I okay. could. Ah. <laughs> and now you've was, learned the ways of Quizmaster Lambert. That's really impressive. I'm I'm very impressed that you knew that. I feel like obviously th- this is it's a this it's is a my, combination of you having kids, but also Ryan Reynolds is from Vancouver, so that pre probably smelled some Canadian truth to it as well. That, that this is like my Brett Hall in the crease or like the the Flames no goal like I won the series, but I needed I needed a Pokemon and a wrestling question to do it. This is this is this is there is an asterisk <laughs> here, but I I'm I'm gonna take it, and uh, right. there is no there is no replay review in the Hollywood quiz. You you did fantastic, and I think Ryan and I are both really impressed. Yeah. And I think you've set the, the bar way too high for the listeners. Uh, a couple more topics to cover. First off, uh, I know you boys wanted to talk a little bit about Peter Chiarelli and the Oilers trades. Uh, thoughts on the aggressive acquisition of two uh, bottom-pairing defensemen? They're fixed? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> did it. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Hang the banner. Do you, do, you, do you believe that this is Ken Hitchcock going to management and being like, uh, I, need, I need some bodies? Or do you think this is Peter Chiarelli being like, I'm going to shake up the team with this Alex Petrovic trade? No, it's de- it's definitely the latter. Um, and the, the the reason I wanted to bring it up uh, on the show is because somebody went back and found a bunch of quotes from other Chiarelli trades or signings <laughs> where he described players he sought to acquire <laughs> as not sexy. He's like, look, the guy kind of yeah. sucks, and we all agree. But, you know... Uh, you, you need you need warm bodies in this league, and and boy, if I'm not trying to get every bottom pair slash uh, healthy scratch defenseman I possibly can lay my hands on. That that was such a great yeah. tweet. Like, yeah, I mean, there was literally four other different trades in which Peter Chiarelli has described somebody as being not sexy. Incredible. Which I mean, <laughs> if you're looking for a culture fit with Edmonton. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you're looking he actually, for. He actually called. I remember he called Adam Larson a bit of a butterface, which I thought was a little bit <laughs> over the line. You, you, you know, but, when uh, every time anybody, any team is not doing well, and there's any sort of pressure at all on the GM to do anything, and they always say the same thing. They say, "I'm not going to make a trade just for the sake of making a trade." This is a case of making a trade. <laughs> Just for the sake of making a trade. Yeah. But, but what what interests me a lot more is this this talk at Edmonton that like he's not done, and there's something bigger yeah. coming because you look at that roster and that, and, and that Jesse Pyrvi could be on the on the on the on the block, right? Which would was be one of the things I mean, they talked about. And, yeah. he, and he also selling tried to trade Ryan Spooner, and nobody wanted to take him up yeah. on it. Un unfucking believable that one. Yeah, I just got what team would possibly. Um, trade for ryan spooner like what are you what are you going to move that's going to make an impact uh, you know you look at the roster there's uh, you know the the only guy that really stands out as someone that realistically you could trade and get something significant for is probably ryan nugent hopkins uh, you yeah, know which but is you, insane if you trade him yeah you could probably get a pretty good defenseman for him but then you're left going oh now we got this gap up front we don't have enough scoring and then you got to trade 
somebody for for that right. and and then and then you've traded you've traded yet another skilled forward for yet another defenseman right. it'd be the fucking third time he's done it what are the odds it's gonna it be it's gonna be time? it's gonna be nugent hopkins for like rasmus ristolainen or some shit and he'll go look folks you gotta you're gonna give up talent to get talent yeah well my what i want to see is you know i it's to, to kind of answer my own question i don't see anything on the roster that he can do that that is makes a sig- that moves the needle significantly. No. So the question is, does he trade futures? And then the other question becomes, can he trade futures? Like would if he Well, they let him trade yeah, futures. If he yeah. says I want to trade our first round pick this year for something that's going to help right now, is he even allowed no, to do he, that? No, from what this... I understand, he is not. <laughs> probably right. probably the right move because I mean that's yeah, I mean, it, it, the Oilers are one of those teams. If I'm if I'm somebody who's got like a rental, they're one of the first teams I'm calling because they seem like they might be desperate enough to to overpay. But could he? Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, it it go, all comes back to one thing, which is why the fuck is this man still the general manager at this at this juncture? Really make a lot of sense <laughs> to be able to do any of this. It's crazy. All right, two two quickies before we uh, the end of the uh, podcast proper. And by the way, it'll, it's the first mailbag week. So if you want to listen to more stuff, uh, the Patreon will offer it to you. Uh, the first is uh, Sidney Crosby endearing himself to everybody by signing a stick for a Rangers fan uh, who had been chirping him incessantly while Crosby was in the penalty box in the first period of their game on, thir- on, on Wednesday night. Uh, the stick read, <clears throat> um, fu- uh, uh, good chirps, take it easy on me next time. And then he signed it, Sidney Crosby. Um, amongst the chirps, I, I, I was I wrote the story right before we did the podcast. I, I talked to the guy who got the stick. The best thing he said, along with some of the usual, you know, Celine Dion's tougher than you kind of bullshit that Sid's been hearing since you know he entered the league, was uh, Evgeny Malkin would have more cups if he had a better a better supporting cast. <laughs> That's which is such a great, great fucking line. That's all right. <laughs> it's so good, um, but like you know. I, I, I mean, I guess like I want to believe that Sid is kind of funny when he doesn't have to be Sid, um, and maybe this is an indication that he is. Or like, why? Why now? Like, why did he never give a sign stick to one of the Capitals fans with a picture of him in a in a in a, in a cradle uh, while sucking on a Penguins pacifier? Why this one? <laughs> He's got the two. I, he's got the two extra cups, right? Like that. That kind of helps him feel pretty good about right. himself. Um, but also, like, yeah, and they beat the Rangers like seven to two. But also, well, like yeah. to your point earlier, for about ten years, every insult in the league was just like, "How about this one, guys?" Cindy Crosby. How about that? And everybody's like, "Yeah, no, that's <laughs> fine." But that's all anybody did was just say like, "Oh, you're a baby, or you're a girl, or whatever," and like. You can't reward that shit. Yeah, I just to me, I know everybody in my timeline this morning was going nuts over this and like how wonderful it was that he did this. To me, it's just like this is the most Canadian thing of all time to have somebody just rip (laughs) on you for three hours and you write them a nice note uh, and and pass it over to them. I don't know. I hope he does. I hope he starts doing it for Canadian. You know what he should do for? I just realized for for those for the Caps fans, he should write. He should start giving all the Caps fans autographs. With like the uh, like the I 
and then like the little angle bracket three, you know, that kind of makes the eye heart uh, that people do online uh-huh. and just sign that and everybody be like, how nice he's drawing little hearts for the Caps fans and see how long it took all of those Caps fans to realize that he was actually drawing one is less than three. And <laughs> them just run them out on the Stanley Cups and... I feel like he could be well out of town before, like suddenly, like the the one guy stopped freeze framing oh. Tom Wilson hits and figured out what what was going on. That's unfucking believable. That is perfect. All right, finally on the show, Alex Ovechkin, as we mentioned before, uh, is taking uh, time off, not going to the All Star game, utilizing the bye to do some uh, extracurricular activities. We asked you, the Puck Soup listeners. What's he going to do? Uh, Dan Colin writes in, change diapers like the rest of us, except in a mansion on a private island somewhere. Uh, Megan, our good friend Megs, uh, writes in, steal the Stanley Cup and take it around the world, drinking local beer out of it wherever he goes. Um, let's see here. Uh, uh, Ronnie McSinner, vodka and steroids, just like every other break. You know, mm. we don't know if he drinks vodka. Uh, <laughs> R.O.B. ROB writes in, start a real rivalry rivalry with Sidney Crosby about who can skip the most all-star games. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Errors Oceans says, recover from his liver transplant in the off-season. That's mere speculation. Um, Chris Smith writes in, I bet he binges all the shows and movies that he missed on Netflix. Uh, Expect Ovi to start uh, posting the Bird Box Challenge meme soon. Did you see that yet, Lambert? Yeah, it was all right. All right. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I like how you guys don't even ask and, me if uh, I've seen it. We, Sean, have you seen it? Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Okay, great. Have you seen it, Sean? Okay. Uh, and finally, Colin Breyer writes in, uh, get his Russian comrades to hack the all-star vote to get Tom Wilson in. So there you go. <laughs> Good news. All right. That's Puck Soup for this week. Uh, thanks for putting up for, with my voice. I have a uh, sick... In every part of my body right now, uh, if I you know what I'm hope saying. I don't. And, uh, oh, yes, you do. And, uh, uh-huh. And so uh, uh, you can read my stuff on ESPN.com. I have a, a really fun story today on uh, Spanish language play-by-play announcers and the words that they use to describe things in hockey that don't exist in their vernacular. And you can find me on Twitter at Wyshynski, W-Y-S-H-Y-N-S-K-I, Lambert. Uh, Sports.yahoo.com slash author slash Ryan dash Lambert for all my good takes. I know. For all my good takes. And then also uh, two-line pass on Twitter. And I guess that's it. Uh, you can find me at uh, The Athletic, uh, on, unless you're an Islanders fan, in which case I've probably heard enough from you this week. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, I'll have my Friday column up, uh, um, and it'll my, on uh, probably on Friday. That's what I'm aiming for, uh, which will have thoughts on... <laughs> Thoughts on the All-Star Game, thoughts on uh, Jim Lights, and also uh, I'm going to break down an old uh, YouTube news clip of the time that the St. Louis Blues uh, nearly moved to Saskatoon. Well, you know, you you paused on the time, and Lambert and I were really hoping it was going to be a breakdown of the the jerk-out video with uh, Morris Day and the time, but apparently not. Maybe maybe Um, next time. Reviews and likes on the iTunes, that's how people find this stupid show. Thank you for supporting it. You're the best. And we will speak to you on the Patreon mailbag and then also next week. Love you all. Take care. Bye. Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got sportly commentary to what if you commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, hits and tunes. 
It's your weekly bowl of hockey and nonsense. Box soup.